A wise man once said, if you believed that people of all races should be treated equally in 1920, you were a radical. And if you believed that people of all races should be treated equally in 1970, you were on the left. And if you believe that people of all races should be treated equally today, then you're probably a conservative. You might be a Trump supporter. And hell, you're probably a Nazi. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Would you please give me the statistics so that I can prove that I'm not racist? Oh, hell no. We don't provide statistics to racists. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. In the latest podcast, Glenn Lowry and John McWhorter are they're talking about affirmative action and the black woman who has been nominated for the Supreme Court. I think her name is Katenji Brown-Jackson, or maybe Jackson Brown. You know there's that white singer named Jackson Brown from the 70s? Does that sound like a black name to you? I think he beat his wife. But anyways, and the wife might have been Daryl Hannah. It was someone famous. So John told an interesting story. So, okay, John and Glenn, they're both Ivy League professors of, and have been for a long, long time. And John, he was a professor, um, I think he went to Stanford, and then he was a professor at Berkeley. So whatever, that's the top two schools in California, or at least at the time. And so he was a professor, and he's kind of famous now for, I think he, he wrote a book called Losing the Race, where I think he said a bunch of, anti-woke stuff, you know, before the, before people even had that term, uh, but, you know, like 20 years ago, he wrote an anti-woke book, and then obviously people don't like him ever since, but there was a time, there was a little bit of a time there when he was just, he was a black professor at Berkeley, and so everyone was like, oh, a black professor, they're going to be super progressive, super woke, and so when he talked to people, you know, they they wouldn't have their guard up, they wouldn't be like avoiding him or whatever, they would, uh, they tell him what they really thought. So he's always got a lot of good stories about that time. And so when he was there, I'm not sure, around the year, two, I don't know, 20 years ago, something like that, 25 years ago, uh, California passed a law, no affirmative action in college admissions, or at least University of California school system admissions. Right, affirmative action, also known as racial preferences, also known as racial discrimination, also known as you know, black people from Africa move over here and go to the good schools and descendants of American slavery don't get in anyway, so affirmative action ain't helping those people. So John was at Berkeley when they got rid of affirmative action and so he was talking to some students who came after they got rid of it. So basically before they got rid of it, the black kids that got in would have like low test scores and they wouldn't be, you know, they would end up being getting bad grades compared to the other people at the school. And then after that, if you got in, I mean, you know, if anyone who got in was just the same as everyone else. And so, you know, whatever, they would get good grades just like everyone else and do well. The black kids after they got rid of affirmative action. Now there's less of them, but the ones who, did, who got in after that did really good. But that's not the point, although it is, whatever, that's affirmative action. But the point is, he was talking to some of the some of the students who got in after they got rid of affirmative action, and they were saying that the kids who got in before before them, the people who got in at, 
under affirmative action with, you know, bad test scores and whatnot, or worse, lower test scores, they didn't like the new, the new class. The new class that was, you know, going, standing shoulder to shoulder with the other students or going toe to toe with the other students and were just as, whatever, talented and good at academics as the rest of the school whatever they didn't like him you know i guess they were they were acting white they were sellouts they were acting white whatever so i guess if the, you know if the supreme court strikes down affirmative action i don't know i guess there you go there you go black kids who get in purely on merit uh may not be as fun as you think now glenn's a professor of economics you know phd from mit taught at harvard like right after he graduated he was a top dog till he got addicted to crack and had to take a couple of years off. He's still Ivy League now, though. But I guess the Biden administration, you know, they've been... So they're choosing a black woman for the Supreme Court, but I guess they've been doing that for other positions. So I don't know what it is. One of the high-up positions in the Biden administration, a guy just got fired because he was being mean to his employees or the people under him. So they replaced him with a black woman. And then I guess on the Fed, the Federal Reserve chairmen, whatever. The people in charge of the Federal Reserve, uh, Biden got to put someone in there and he put a black woman in there too. And Glenn, he knows, you know, he knows economics. Like he's, if anyone knows academia and economics, it's this guy. And, you know, he, he's read their papers. He knows who they are. You know, they were mildly famous, I guess, uh, economics professors. And so he's read their papers. He's no he's known about them for a long time and he says that both of them were whatever, me, you know, medium. They weren't bad, but they were certainly not the best either. And surprise surprise, you know, like whatever whatever good things that they did, it was all or what whatever it is that the papers that they are famous for are all about race and economics, you know. So they're not like, oh, this is this is a star of, you know, mathematical economics. Nope, this is someone who just talks about race. You know, I imagine just goes on and on about America's racist from an economics um, vantage point, which is, you know, universities are looking to hire people like that. And so that's how you get those jobs. Now to the Supreme Court, like I've heard, I've heard liberals say this, although, I mean, not too many of them, but they say that uh, there's a Hispanic woman on the Supreme Court. I guess Obama, well, Obama did all the lefties now. And she's known to be, I mean, this is an exaggeration, dumb. I mean, she, she's very fiery when it comes to, you know, false accusations of racism and saying crazy stuff about COVID that ain't true. But apparently her writings, you know, like a judge, judges are, go down in history based on their writings. And apparently her writings are not good. And the other woman, the other liberal who's on there, who ain't going away, is Elena Kagan, She's a white woman. I think she comes from Harvard or something too. But apparently, you know, even even conservatives say that she is smart. Like, you know, her writings apparently are good. And so there's this dynamic with the Supreme Court that I don't fully understand. But you know, they've got the uh whatever. They got they've got dissents. I'm not sure the words. Like basically, you know, if you got five or more of the Supreme Court people on your side, then you make the ruling, you write the ruling, you write the law. But I think, you know, unless it's a unanimous thing, there's always someone who writes the dissent. 
And I think it's supposed to be, like, you know, Supreme Court's, Supreme Court's supposed to uh, decide stuff, but and they're supposed to write it down in a way so that other courts can look at what they wrote and make the correct decision. And so that's why you give both sides, you know, even though this side won, you give the, you know, you steel man the argument. You give the, you give the opposing viewpoints just so that the lower courts can see, you know, you do it this way, but here's why you might not do it that way all the time or something like that. And so, you know, like if, if you're in the majority, like right now the, the conservatives are in the majority, it doesn't really matter if every single one of those judges is smart. I mean, you know, you only need one. You need one person who writes super good rulings, and then you need other people who just, you just need bodies. They just, you know, they come in, they vote yes for conservative stuff, and then they go home. That's all you really need from them. I mean, I'm sure they're better than that, but that's all you need from them. But when you're in the minority, which right now the the liberals is three out of nine, um, you're not writing the law. You, you know, your vote, your vote doesn't count, basically. You lost. You're going to lose. Doesn't matter. doesn't matter which way you vote. You lost. And so the thing that matters is how good you write the dissent. Like, basically, you lost the... You lost the battle this time, but if you keep up with the good descents, eventually you might win the war. You know, it's just you're, you're, you're building up ammunition for a later date when you're going to try and win. So now is Katanji Brown-Jackson, you know, is she whatever. Biden's like, I'm choosing a black woman. Now is he, is he going to get lucky? Is he going to get someone who writes amazing descents and is a black woman? Or does he only get a black woman? And he kind of wasted... Well, whatever. He screwed, he screwed up the, the program for liberals who want to, you know, get back into power in the court and, you know, get their policies enacted or whatever. Policies, rulings. I mean, they're basically politicians. And so, I don't know. I just, I just felt like doing... A, I mean, first off, Katanji Brown-Jackson, she went to Harvard. I think she's been... She, they've been grooming her. They've been grooming her to be a Supreme Court justice for like the last 11 years. Um, the way you get to be on the Supreme Court is you be a federal judge in a different court. And so Obama made her a lower level federal judge, uh, I think 11 years ago. And then one year ago, it's probably one of the first things that um, Biden did, is he put her on the DC Circuit Court, which for whatever reason, that's the second highest one. Like the people, the Supreme Court, a lot of them come from the DC Court. And so a year ago, Biden put her on the D.C. court so he could say, hey, look, she has the experience just like any other Supreme Court, you know, or just like most of the other ones that we choose. Uh, you know, he's like, get this experience, whatever, get this on your resume quick, lady, because I think I'm replacing a Supreme Court justice a year from now. And so he did that. And now he is. So I was just, you know, what, what are the odds that this lady is the most talented best person for the job i mean the answer is i mean my guess is that it's one in a hundred as in to say she's just not she's not the best she's not the best at anything other than being you know having ancestors from a certain continent and have a certain thing between her legs i think it's one in a hundred but let's say you know like if you if you just did a real simple mathematical analysis you'd say well black people are one in seven, one seventh of America is black people. So the odds that, you know, just randomly, if you didn't know anything else, the odds that a black person would be the best would be one in seven. 
And then if you're like, well, it has to be a woman. Well, that's half of the people. So then you'd have you'd have a one in fourteen chance that just randomly by happenstance that a black woman would be the best person for the job. And then like Amy Wax, I've, she, she's a friend of uh, Glenn's. She's an Ivy League law professor and whatever. Everyone hates her now because she came out and said that um, every year in her classes, all the black people are, all the black students are in the bottom quarter. Or, you know, virtually all. So, you know, if you got a 1 in 14 chance to start with, you know, naive, with a naive uh, probability study there, um, and then you hear that black people are almost always in the bottom quarter of their Ivy League law classes, that's why I say it's probably like a 1 in 100 chance. I mean, who knows? 1 in 14, 1 in 50, you know, if you want to say it's 1 in 50, that'd be fine with me. It's low. It's so low that it just, she ain't the best. There's a number of, there's starting to be more and more of them anyways, of, of law school professors who uh, either say it because they mean it, or accidentally say or you know, get get recorded when they weren't didn't think they were getting recorded, saying the exact same thing that Amy Wax says. Like, she doesn't care, she's balls to the wall. Uh, and, uh, whatever, they get fired. You know, basically, don't say it, you will get fired. Do not say the thing that is obviously true, we will fire your ass. I think I mentioned this, I mentioned this before, but anyways, like, up until 20 years ago, law schools, they just, they gave out all the demographic and grade information of their students. So you could just be like, you know, you could be like, men get an average of this, and women get an average of, you know, they get B pluses, and men get B minuses, or whatever, and they would just release all, absolutely all of the demographic information, and then, whatever, the information was like, okay, black people are in the bottom quarter all the time and so anyway so all the law schools all across america they're like i think we should stop giving out that information and so they did and so you know maybe things have changed obviously things have not changed at all but now now you can't prove it you used to be able to prove it now you can't prove it they've taken that away uh, there's been a lawsuit who is it someone they're like they called someone a racist he's like Will show will show me the data to prove that I that I you know that I'm making stuff up and that I'm I'm not right, and they're like, uh, no, we don't give data to racists. Well, so I mean, I think Katanji Brown Jackson, she will probably she'll probably be fine. I mean, I'm I'm sure she's a smart mf'er. She went to Harvard. She married a white surgeon. That was kind of from Harvard also. That was kind of interesting. But you know, what's the solution to all this stuff? I don't know. Um, if you get rid of affirmative action, there'll be less black people in these law school classes, but they'll be getting the same grades. They will no longer be in the bottom quarter all the time. So, I don't know. You basically got two options. The black people are always going to be at the bottom of the class, or there's going to be less black people. So, that's a sticky wicket. I don't have a perfect solution to that. But I guess I guess you can tell by me talking about it. I also don't believe in uh, hiding those facts. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.